0: But to me, when you work in it every day, things will seem simple, but in reality, to somebody
1: who isn't doing it every day, they aren't aware. Two. One. Hi, everybody. This is Dan Nice, and you are watching Hello Haymarket. Today's guest is Thomas Price, and he's here to talk to us about property management. Thomas, thank you for coming in today.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me
1: again. This is my second one. Absolutely. And and you had a great episode the first time. Yeah, we talked about house hacking. So, Thomas, let's talk about Home pro Property Management. When did this start for you?
0: Yeah, two and a half years now. Two and a half years two ago Two and, and a half years when we started, and then I went full-time with it year and a half.
1: For those people out there who have never heard of property management, give us a sense of what it is, what is it that you do?
0: Yeah, so property manager is basically, well, first off, I, I always put it into sort of the luxury expense category because if you live right next to your rental home, you can get people in there, you can go check it out, you can inspect it, easy enough if you live far away or you're just busy, you don't want the headache, that's where a property manager can really come in and help out. So what a property manager does is basically whatever they can to uh, essentially make your rental property as close to a passive investment as possible. You're still going to have all the decision-making abilities and you're still going to be factoring in making sure that things are being run the way that you want, but essentially you're going to have somebody else that's doing all the work for you
1: so i know one of the types of clients that i send your way are these out-of-state investors people who don't know the area locally And for someone like that, yes, their agent can be a resource, but their agent is usually more of a resource in terms of buying and selling. There's not a whole lot of agents out there who are full-time into the leasing side of the business. Mm -hmm. And so as a property manager, what kind of insight can you provide someone who intends to have these buy and hold investments? Great question.
0: I guess before we even get there, maybe I should talk a little bit about the services that really are offered. put things in categories so there's three basic categories that a property manager is going to be helping out with basically Mm -hmm. uh you've got your leasing services which any agent can help you out with that Uh, property manager as you said sort of specializes in it pre-marketing and analyzing the home to all the way through to the actual leasing and getting documents signed and things like that property manager and really one of the biggest values that I find a property manager brings on that section of services specifically is going through the application processing. So processing the applications, making sure that you really know what you're looking at, making sure you really know where the red flags are that have popped up in the past because some things that are red flags you might not be aware of unless you were working through hundreds and hundreds of applications every few months. It's just you pick up a lot on it. That's really one of the main things and most agents work with property managers to help with that portion as well. So the other two categories really falling into owner services and tenant services and it's exactly what it sounds you know your tenant services are, are everything that's tenant facing handling all of the inspections that are going on move in move out periodic inspections managing repairs you're essentially like a general contractor for your property is essentially what a property manager is when it comes to repairs and then you know collecting rent and managing security deposits all that stuff so that way you know everything's legally good set and then the owner services are basically everything that's really uh, In the landlord. Obviously disbursements, handling insurance claims, home warranty claims, getting contractors in there, sort of split between the two depending on what the actual problem is. Getting the accounting taken care of for your taxes at the end of the year so that way you just have everything cut and dry, send it to your accountant, you're good to go.
1: So Thomas, one of the concerns I hear people tell me when they're considering a property manager, maybe one of the reasons they don't wanna get one, is because they're worried about losing control over the asset, where they're afraid that they're just kinda handing you the keys and saying good luck, and they're that level of passive where they don't don't wanna get the call, they don't wanna have to make the decision. What level of involvement does landlords still have to have even when they're with a property manager?
0: There are property managers who will be make it so the owner is essentially completely hands-off. I would say that is the smallest of smallest of smallest portions (laughs) of owners that actually want that. So most property managers, what you're really seeing is a monthly update on everything that's going on with the home. That includes owner statements. So that way you can see what the accounting is. You can see repairs, things like that. And then really the bigger piece to involvement past that is basically just approving things. Uh, Let's say you have a repair that you need to get done. We're going to be sending people out. You'll typically get a quick text, notifier, whatever it is. Depends on what you're preferred communication style is but typically a quick text or email goes out to notify you hey this is going on and we're sending people to go assess the problem people go out we get multiple bids we decide if it's something that even needs to be fixed at all if we decide if it's something that needs to be completely replaced but we then we just take take them all together we give that owner sort of what the options are both quality of the contractor, so that way they understand that, as well as pricing. And we, they just give us the, uh, the approval to go ahead or they let us know, hey, maybe we want to look into another option. So it's fairly hands-off, especially when, when your property isn't falling apart. Uh, <laughs> when your property's falling apart, you're going to get notified for every repair. So of course, that's going to play a role. But yeah, fairly hands-off. It's mostly just updates around every different piece that's going on.
1: And for those out-of-state clients who maybe don't know the area so well, or even maybe someone who's newer to real estate investing, do you find that they often kind of rely on you for, hey, what do I do in this situation? The tenant's got XYZ going on. I don't know how to handle this.
0: Yeah. And, and, and truthfully, it doesn't matter if you're out-of-state. That's going to be one of the biggest value adds that a property manager does have. And we could start pulling random examples out of the air, like, hey person's not paying their rent, they're falling behind, how do you go through the eviction? Obviously that's like worst case scenario, but that's obviously something that can come up. Or person's falling behind, get them back on track. You as a landlord might not have all the relationships that we have with organizations that help people get back on their feet when they're struggling through hard times. So we're able to get them connected and actually go through the process of getting them some rental relief and some help throughout that process as well. You know, when it comes to market specific stuff, you know, there's just so many small things that you don't realize unless you do it a thousand times. Even when you're looking at the standard lease that people use uh, in Virginia or anywhere, that lease seems great until there's just a few things that keep coming up over and over and over, and you start realizing, oh, okay, even though the lease states that the move-in inspection is for documentation purposes only, these people are now sitting there trying to negotiate for all of these repairs and stuff. And, and usually it's not repairs, because if it's a repair, it's gonna get fixed. Usually it's updates. I've had plenty of people who sold their home, they're used to living in their own homes, so they have certain standards on that. Then they come over and they say hey, we want the entire house repainted and we look around and it's like there's maybe two scuff marks in the entire home What do you, it doesn't make sense to repaint so there's little things that you're able to implement into the lease to make sure that everybody's protected.
1: What kind of costs are associated with hiring a property manager? What should people be expecting when they're gonna interview people?
0: Yeah, so there's a few different structures that property managers have, but essentially all of the costs are gonna fall into three different categories. Your first category is essentially going to be the cost of actually finding a new tenant and getting things leased out. And that is, in our area, typically going to cost the first month's rent. So that is the paying for all of the marketing and going through all the applicants and managing all the showings and getting everything taken care of on that front so that you can actually find the person to actually get them there so that's typically first month's rent whether you're using an agent or a property manager it's usually about the same there are some big boys in the industry that might make it a percentage based on the length of the lease so instead of it being only a month if it's a two-year lease they might do a month and a half but that's pretty rare so it's not something you you really see all that often The other two categories are your management fee, which everybody focuses on and and thinks about. And then the other one is what I would just call ancillary fees. And that one is where I think the most questions should really be coming from. And it's also the area that many people don't ask all that many questions. So for the management fee in our area, 8% is about as typical as you're going to find pretty much across the board, 8% of the monthly rent that's collected. In more rural areas, you might see 10%, but when you're going into, you know, cities, not usually going to be the case so eight percent and then there are a few out there that do a flat fee management which could totally make sense for some people especially if you've got very high rents and those usually have like a three-tiered structure where the more you pay the more services that are offered final one ancillary fees it's gonna change no matter which property manager you're talking about. So this could be lease renewal fees for if somebody wants to stay another year. This could be accounting fees for the end of the year when you're getting everything set up. This could be a setup fee in the beginning. This could be a fee to literally show up at the property. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of property managers put an hourly rate down for things that don't fall within their typical services. But the biggest one that I always say people should ask about is the repair markup fee because uh, the way that it's actually written in most contracts and agreements, people aren't even necessarily aware that it's happening. But most of the time when you're with a property manager, there's actually a percentage charge that they're adding on top of all repairs, which you can imagine gets pretty expensive. And usually it's between like two and 8%. So if you get a new roof, that can yeah. add up in a pretty big way. Yeah, It also kind of feels like there's an incentive structure there. <laughs> it's 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 weird. And and I we don't feel comfortable. It's something we don't do. We will n- never do. It doesn't feel right for us to be lining our pockets when somebody is essentially having the worst time that they could and having to get a bunch of repairs
1: done. Hmm. Hmm. And does that happen? Have you dealt with that lately? Well we tell what, <laughs> a bunch of repairs? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> we always have repairs. I think at, at any, you know, at any given time, any given week, we're, we're dozens—literally dozens—of contractors and repairs and things that are going out there, just so that we can get things taken care of. It, it's constant.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where anytime I'm trying to get a hold of you, I—you uh, you do answer your phone, but I, if I can, it's always good to get an appointment because <laughs> you're a busy guy, right? You've got a lot going on at any time, and I think people have an incorrect image in their minds about a property manager just kind of sitting there not doing much. Yeah, right? except I mean, for every so often, and that is not the case.
0: I, I mean, especially like if it's one property, one time, one property only has so many repairs. But when you're talking about dozens, hundreds of properties, you can only imagine how that multiplies out. And yeah, I mean, it really just comes down to a good system to making sure that the communication can stay yeah proper throughout all of that to make sure that things are just happening and you're not you know letting things fall through the cracks.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also just temperamentally, I think there's. A lot of people who want their real estate investments to be passive and then there's also other people who want to be more involved they want to handle the repair themselves oftentimes for the more investment minded folks and these are investors we should we ought to be talking to for the most part right here it comes down to a numbers decision right is my time better spent on figuring out who's gonna plunge the toilet Mm -hmm. or is my time better spent on finding my next investment or doing whatever my day job is.
0: Yeah and and really it's it's your time and if you look at it and you are a full-time investor then that is something that you factor in. If you're not a full-time investor, I think the bigger piece to factor in is really the headache. Um, the, yeah. the, it, is, it is the value of your time. It's the ability to make sure that you're following up and, and, and taking care of the people in your home because it's an investment. It's not a one-way street. You've got a family that you're taking care of that you need to make sure has all of their needs met. And so when you're an individual that comes with, needing prompt responses that comes with making sure that you're on top of things and not letting things fall through the cracks. But the headache is really the piece that I think most people are really looking for property managers because, yeah, you get a 3 a.m. call on you know Halloween night because somebody's heat's <laughs> out. And, uh, We've
1: never been a part of that. <laughs>
0: no, you're not on the phone between 3 and 4 a.m. trying to figure out how you can go to your storage unit, pick up heaters, and drop them off to them in the middle of the yeah. night so that way they're taken care of.
1: Yeah, and I think most people are getting into real estate investment because they wanna make their life better. They're not trying to make their life more stressful. They're trying to do the opposite, right? So let's say someone is interested in finding out more, mm-hmm. right? and they set up an appointment to interview a property manager or two. What kind of questions should they be ready to ask? Mm,
0: really good question. And so, one, talk to multiple. Definitely talk to multiple. Anybody who calls me, I always suggest talk to more people because you want to know what's out there and not everybody does it the same. The services and the list of services that are offered might seem the same, but they aren't and different people also mesh well this is somebody you're going to have a relationship with for a while so you want to make sure that you mesh well with this person you trust them and you just have a good relationship they should communicate in the way that you want to be communicated to and so talking to multiple people like i won't be the perfect property manager for everybody and i understand that and i'm okay with that because i will be the perfect property manager for the people who actually match the communication styles that we have and the systems that we have in place but in terms of questions A lot of the questions should be around communication, be around the systems that they have to make sure that communication doesn't fall through because that is such a a difficult piece with this business. I mean, if you have 100 homes that you're managing, then you've got, how many three, four person families in there. So the actual number of people that you're communicating with is astronomical. So we're coming up on 100 homes that we manage and I, I get between 60 and 120 calls every day that we're having to make sure that we're on top of. And the communication and the systems to make sure is in my opinion, the most difficult piece of this business. So that's something that you should definitely be asking about. Beyond that, obviously asking about your pricing structures really important. Most people are going to focus on the leasing fee. They're going to focus on the management fee, but most property managers have those almost identical to each other. There's not a ton of variance between those two. It's the ancillary fees that you should really be thinking about and focusing on. Specifically, the repair markup is one that I think everybody should be asking about. Because even when you read the agreement, the way that it's typically written, you'll have no idea that it's happening.
1: Hypothetically, let's say one of our listeners in our community out there wants to interview you, Thomas. Mm-hmm. How should they reach out?
0: Yeah. yeah, easiest way Google us. You know, go homepropm.com. PM is in property management. And you'll be able to set, find our website. You can reach out through any of the forms on the website. Give me a call, send me an email, thomas at homepropm.com. You'll be able to find it all online with our, our numbers and everything as well. Typically, I do think it's probably best to just pick up the phone and and give the person a ring or shoot them a text to set up a time, just because you're not going to know what questions you have until you start talking. And there are going to be a lot of things that I don't know you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. To me, when you work in it every day, things will seem simple, but in reality, to somebody who isn't doing it every day, they aren't aware. And so we've got certain documents that sort of hit the FAQs and that, Mm -hmm. that really do come up, but as we talk, you are going to have many questions. And, and that's where maybe setting an appointment, making sure that you have some time to call is good. I've got plenty of calls that might just be five, 10 minutes. They're good. They understand a lot of stuff, but it's all about making sure that the person is you know, being educated on whatever it is that they're curious about to make sure that they feel more comfortable and that you know, they're, they're getting smarter about what their investment is and everything that goes into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel smarter every time I talk to you. So Thomas, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Wash that hand later. All right. (laughs) See you later, guys. Bye-bye.